Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, Fox River, how you doing? Good, good. Hey, if we haven't met, my name is Bill. I'm so happy to be here with you today. One thing that I'm looking forward to this Christmas is watching the Milwaukee Bucks play basketball. They have a game on Christmas Day. My family and I, we just love watching it. I know it's going to be fun. It's like something cool, right? Um, national recognition from the Milwaukee Bucks. It's, it's kind of new around here, so that's good. Um, man, my family and I, we, we've loved watching Bucks games for quite a while together. Um, and in particular, my boys and I, we've gone to a bunch of games and one thing that my oldest son, Ethan, he's 16, one thing he is like world famous for is predicting the next play, like perfectly, okay? So he'll, he'll say, you know, before, before he'll say, Giannis is coming down, he's going he's gonna to pull up for three, swish, you know, or Drew Holiday is going to get a steal, he's going to come down alley-oop to Chris Middleton for a dunk. Like he'll, he just, man, it's, it's amazing, right? Um, only problem is he gets it wrong every single time. <laughs> He's never been right, never won. But if he does get it right, even once, oh, you would say, wow, wouldn't you? You would say, wow, there we go, child. You would say, wow. Somebody say, wow, okay, good. I would say, wow, too. I mean, that'd be amazing because humans can't do that. Humans can't do it. But God can. And God does, all right? God, he sees the future as if it's already happened. And God does more than just predict the future. He actually reveals it. All right, It's called prophecy. Prophecy is a supernatural or a miraculous knowledge of the future. All right, God doesn't guess. He knows. And when God says something, it's true. All right? So... Near the very beginning of our Bibles, God has a first prophecy. Now, take a wild guess at what that very first prophecy is about. Guess what a big part of that is? Yes, all right? You might have been guessing that in your mind. The very first prophecy that God declares in his word, a big part of that is the very first Christmas. Huh. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look back at the very first Christmas and even a little bit before that, and we're going to see how Jesus can make a difference in our lives today, this Christmas. Now, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because prophecy is kind of fun. Any prophecy geeks out there, anyone prophecy geek and you're willing to raise your hand like, I enjoy prophecy, I've looked in a little bit. Okay, so some of us, right, it's really, really cool. We're not going to get too deep into it, but we are going to just a little taste, all right? It's going to be a lot of fun. But at the same time, a lot of us today, our faith looks like this, all right? It's, it's like broken, all right? Your faith came in here today, and, and it's just, maybe it's even starting to break this Christmas season, all right? Because of, of something that's happened, all right? Or, or something maybe that hasn't happened. You're just waiting on God for something to happen, and it just hasn't taken place yet. Listen, if your faith needs to be restored, if your heart needs repair, I've been praying for you. Right, that, that God might give you and that you might receive even exactly the grace that he has for you today. That each of us would be wowed by God. That we would be wowed by his grace. That we would be wowed by his 
faithfulness, that we will be wowed by his great love for us, that his magnificence would magnify Christ in our hearts and that we might worship him more because of it. Does that sound like an all right thing to hope for? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean going into this Christian, like Jesus just be glorified, okay? So before we get rolling though, let's pray and let's see what God might do as he honors our prayer, okay? Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. It's a gift we just formally say thank you. God, I I pray and we ask this together, Lord, that we might hear from you today, that we might understand what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, somehow, someway, by your grace, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we might respond by faith to the good news that you have for us. God, I pray that we might leave here today a changed people, a changed church after having spent time with one another, but Lord, also with you. But above all, Lord, we pray this. Jesus, be glorified. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3. You can turn there in your Bibles if you got it. You can turn there on your electronic device if you'd like, if that's easier. If you're in the good book, the physical one that is, it's way to the left, like almost all the way, right? Okay. Um, But Genesis chapter 3, as we turn to Genesis chapter 3, here's the setting. All right, the setting is this. This takes place near the very, very, very beginning of history, okay? Um, The location is the Garden of Eden. Now, what was the Garden of Eden like? It was a great place, okay? Perfect temperatures, no winter, no, no, like, snow flurries, no ice on the driveway, nothing like that, okay? Just perfect conditions. You got naked people, and it was okay. Like, I mean, just everything is just like, all right, all right, it sounds good, you know? Um, it's just every, everything was good. Think heaven on earth, all right? And not just a thought, but literally heaven on earth because God was dwelling there. It was literally perfect, okay? So, so that's the setting as we get in uh, to Genesis chapter three. And, um, and here's, here's kind of a summary of, of things. And, you know, as we get into, we're gonna start in verse 14. But as we get into things, God said to Adam, and by extension to Eve, he said, he said this, hey, listen, you can eat freely, okay? You just eat freely, whenever you want, whatever you want, eat fruit off of any tree, you can eat all the nuts and berries you want, you can, you can have all the, don't eat the animals, okay? But, but any, any of the vegetation, you just have at it, make the best, you know, garden salad you want. This is gonna be amazing. And, and except for, don't eat from that tree over there, all right? And that tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God said, eat eat fruit from anywhere you want, but don't eat the fruit off of that tree. So along came the devil, and he worked through the serpent, an actual animal in the Garden of Eden, and together, the devil and the serpent, they tempted Eve, and they tricked her. They deceived her, and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. And not only that, she gave some to her husband, and he ate too. So Adam, they both ate. And when Adam and Eve ate that forbidden fruit, they sinned against God, and just chaos ensued. Everything was wrecked. And that's where we kind of pick up the story. God has confronted them. They've confessed to the crime, so to say. And and now God is saying, hey, here are the consequences. All right, so... So verse 14, here's what God says. So the Lord God said to the serpent, he starts with the serpent, then he'll go to Eve, and then he'll go to Adam, right? But it starts with the serpent. He says, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. 
Okay, he says that to the serpent. Listen, all the animals are cursed because of the sin of Adam and Eve, all of them, but the serpent is cursed the most. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust or taste defeat. It's a euphemism. All the days of your life. All right, now he's speaking to the serpent, but he's also speaking to the devil, and you really see that come out in this, this next verse, 15. And I will put enmity or conflict between you, devil, and the woman, and between your offspring, devil, like all the unbelievers, and hers, or her offspring, all the believers. So there'll be this conflict between unbelievers and believers, like all the time, okay? He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel, meaning Eve's great, 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 grandson is gonna kill you one day, Satan. You can bet on that. All right, here we go. Now, so he's done with talking to the serpent and the devil, and now he starts to talk to the woman. And he says, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. And every woman who has been pregnant said, yeah, that was actually really good, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's kind of thing, right? So pregnancy is gonna be painful, mm-hmm. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Listen, not only will your pregnancy be painful, but your marriage is going to have some serious problems. Okay. I won't ask you about that one. Verse 17, then he turns to Adam, and he said, because you listened to your wife, right? So he's done talking to the serpent and the devil. He's done talking to Eve for the moment, right? And now he turns his attention to Adam. Cursed is the ground. Actually, let me finish verse 17. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife instead of me, and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it, like I told you not to do that, but because you did it, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, somebody say toil. Okay, and don't forget about that wow thing, okay? We gotta hang on, we're gonna use that in a little bit, okay? Um, Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. Listen, sin affects not only the animals, not only the serpent the most, but sin affects the ground. Sin affects the plants and the plant life, okay? And all of creation, according to Romans chapter eight, all creation groans just waiting, anticipating when things will be made right when Jesus comes back, okay? So the beginning of this chaos is right now. Verse 19, he's still talking to Adam. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. You're going to have to work for it. Until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. All right, listen, there's going to be toil. You're going to have to work for your food. No more eating freely, right, with like zero effort almost, okay? Listen, from now on, you're going to put 100 pounds of effort into making stuff grow out of the ground. You're going to put 100 pounds of effort into the relationships that you have. You're going to put 100 pounds of effort into the work that you do, no matter what it is. Listen, you could put 100 pounds of effort into studying for that science test, okay? Listen, but you're going to get like three and a half ounces back. Yeah, that's toil. Anybody experienced that? Like, man, I work my tail off for stuff. It's just, ah, so frustrating, so inefficient. This is where it all started, all right? So we stopped at the end of verse 19. If we keep going, just a few verses later, we're gonna see that God, all right, the consequences continue. God evicts Adam and Eve from the garden. He evicts them from the nearness of his presence, all right? When they sinned against God, Adam and Eve, 
They died on the inside. And their bodies would soon die too. Satan lied to them. Some of us really need to hear this just just explicitly, point blank, cut through all the noise, right? Satan lied to them. Because that's what, that's what he does. He, Satan lies. The devil is a liar, okay? Sin destroys. And sin's consequences are severe. And those severe consequences of sin, they carry on into today even, okay? Here, here's a few. I just, I'm going to ask them in question form, all right? Watch this. Why is giving birth so painful? And why is raising children Man, just so difficult. I mean, children are supposed to be a blessing, but now it's kind of like the opposite, if we're honest, a lot of the time. It's just difficult, right? And when we were kids, we gave the same issues and problems to our parents, right? Okay, all right. Why, 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 don't answer this. Why are wives so controlling? Man, they just want to dominate everything. Why does it happen, okay? Husbands, you're not off the hook. Why are husbands such jerks sometimes? Like, why? Why, why is marriage so hard? I mean, are you kidding me? Like, marriage is supposed to be a blessing. It was supposed to be. But now, so much of the time, I wish this wasn't true, and I'm kind of being funny right now, but you know it's true at the same time. Like, man, why is this? Man, it's, it's not. What, blessing, you know, marriage is not a blessing in the way that you know it should be, okay? It's just frustrating. Okay, why are good efforts and good people always opposed by those that are evil? And how come no matter what the situation, Christians are hated for the past 2,000 years? How come that's the case? Okay, and why, why does nothing grow in my garden except for weeds? I mean, what's going on? I can't really, okay, and why do people have to die? Listen, I don't want to die. All right, we don't want our spouses to die. We don't want our kids and family members to die. We don't want our neighbors to die. The more and more we become like Jesus, we don't even want strangers to die. And, 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 and man, the more we become like Jesus, we don't even want enemies to die. And we've had to deal with a lot of death lately, haven't we? This past year or two especially. Why does that have to happen? And, and by the way, why do I feel so far away from God? I thought he loved me. Listen, sin is bad, not only because it offends God, but it affects everything and everyone around us. And we can't even begin to fully understand how big of a problem sin is. And all these problems, we listed off just a couple of them, right? Those are the tip of the iceberg. But all of these problems, listen, they exist today because sin is real. And Genesis chapter 3 really happened. But let's all say, ready? Get ready to say wow, ready? Let's all say, wow, oh man, that was good. Wow, God is full of grace. Okay, Adam and Eve, they offended the perfect and holy God. They rebelled against him by breaking his perfect law. They rejected him. They rejected his goodness. They said, no, no thank you, God. We've had enough of you. We're going to do things our way. All right? Adam and Eve, they deserve death. But instead of killing them instantly on the spot, instead of doing that, they deserve that. But instead of that, God said this, I'm going to send someone. Instead of killing you, I'm going to send someone to die in your place. I'm going to send someone, right, to rescue humanity, to redeem what was lost, to restore things back to the way they were supposed to be. God was sending someone, a head crusher from Genesis 3.15. He made that promise to them. He made that prophecy to them. 
in all of this was grace. See, grace is this. It's, it's the good that you and I don't deserve. Now, if you want to sum up Christianity in one word, you could choose the word grace, and that would be accurate. Okay, what, what separates? There's a few things, right? But, but what's a really concise way of, of answering this question? What separates someone who hasn't received Jesus, who's not a Christian, right, and someone who has received Jesus, who is a Christian? What, what, what separates those two people? Because sometimes, even though it should be different, but sometimes you look at their lives and you say, huh, they kind of look the same. The divorce rates over here are the same as the divorce rates over here. The kids are rotten to these people, the kids are rotten to these people, okay? I mean, just, uh, yeah, I'm glad you laughed because that was a joke, okay? But, but it's like, I mean, we've all got issues, that's my point. But what, what's, what's the difference? It's the grace, okay? Someone who's received Jesus as Savior, someone who's a Christian, they have received from God a special kind of grace, the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away all their sins, all right, so not only does God take away the Christian sins, all right, but God gives the Christian his righteousness so that one day they can stand before Jesus on judgment day and be declared innocent. It's not because their life is better. It's not because they cleaned up their act and they're just like squeaky clean. It's not like that. It's the grace that they received, okay? All right, so now fast forward 4,000 years from the garden to the manger, okay? The day that Jesus was born, the first Christmas. John 3.16. In fact, let's read John 3.16 together. I think it's coming up. Here we go. Ready? Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Ooh. Man, that's good. God loves the world. All right. I'm going to keep reading. You're not going to have this, but I'll keep reading. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That's not why he did. He didn't send Jesus to come pointing fingers. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. You're going to hell, and you're going to hell. I'm pointing above everyone if you're just wondering that, okay? <laughs> Online, I'm not pointing. I'm pointing just to the side, okay? Like, like. He didn't, that's not why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. God didn't send his son Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. God loves you very much, and he's given everything so that you might be saved. Not condemned, but saved. It took 4,000 years, but the head crusher, the one who defeated death, the one who disarmed the devil, it took 4,000 years, but he finally came. He was finally born, and his name was Jesus. Amen. Somebody say, God is faithful. He's so faithful. I want to show you something. Second Peter, chapter three, verse nine. I think that's cut. Yep, there it is too. Okay. In fact, let's read that one together too. Here we go. Ready? The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. All right, and there's two mega truths we can pull from this single verse. The first one is this God is faithful. All right, God is faithful. Right here in verse 9, God is faithful. He keeps 
his promises, okay? Now, now you and I, because we're humans, we might look at the situation and say, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if he keeps his promises because we've been like waiting for a long time. I mean, imagine, imagine right before Jesus was born, some people, you know some people. Some people were paying attention. Some people were, were thinking this. I don't know if God is ever going to answer this promise that he made back in Genesis 3.15. I don't think, it's been 3,999 years. I don't, I just, you know, he probably, for, let's be honest, he probably forgot, okay? No. God is faithful. He keeps his promises. And, and here's the second mega truth we can pull from verse 9 is there's purpose in his patience. If you believe there's purpose in his patience, let's say that together. There's purpose in his patience. One more time, there's purpose in his patience. We might think it's taking forever. We might have prayed that prayer of healing over someone or even for ourselves, and we're just waiting on God, and we're like, man, God, are you ever gonna answer this prayer? We might be praying for someone who really needs Jesus. They don't know Jesus yet. They're just going through the ring of their life. Man, you just know they need you. They're just hurting, they're hurting, right? And you're like, God, when, when are you gonna answer this prayer? When are they gonna receive you as Savior? They don't know how good you are yet. God, open their eyes, open their ears, that they might see your truth and receive you and walk with you, and you're just like, it's never gonna happen. And God's, God's trying to tell you something right now, okay? And he's got the knucklehead on stage trying, trying to just like, you know, we're, we're through it, right? Broken vessel right here. No, 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 there's a confession, but, he, but you need to hear this. There's purpose in his patience. He's working. The conditions aren't quite right yet, okay? It took 4,000 years for everything to be just right for Jesus to be born. For Guy's father, Pastor Guy's father, it took a lot of years, decades, before he received Jesus. Okay, don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop waiting on the Lord. There is purpose in his patience. Some things, they take a little time, don't they? Mm -hmm. Now, the very first prophecy prophesied about the very first Christmas, and even though it took 4,000 years, it finally happened. But Christmas prophecy, you just gotta say, oh man, see, there's good teamwork going on here, that's good. Listen, for many of us, this might be the first time that we're seeing Christmas in this, this prophecy light, all right? This is the first time we're ever seeing Christmas kinda this way. Can you feel your faith starting to come alive? Right? You know, one thing that really restores our faith is, uh, is this, when we see that God is faithful, all right? That really, really restores our faith. In fact, the foundation of our faith is God's faithfulness. Say amen if you believe that. Amen. Yeah, so we don't come up with this faith thing on our own. It's based off of who God is and what he's done and what he's told us and the promises he's given us in his word. God promised the head crusher would be born one day, and he was, all right? And if God kept that promise, guess what? He's going to keep every other promise he's made. In fact, God will honor every other promise he has ever made. I'm going to list off a couple, okay? This is from Psalm 145. The Lord is near to all who call upon him in truth. Hmm. Maybe I'm going to call upon God in truth, and he'll be near to me. I can believe him when he says something. It's a promise he made. 
He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Oh man, if you're brokenhearted today, listen, he will bind up your wounds. That's Psalm 147. It's just soothing to your soul, isn't it? Okay, here's another one. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46, okay? And my God, this one just gets me fired up. And my God shall supply all your need according to how good of a person you are. Oh, it's so comforting. Oh, man. That is not the verse. Here it is. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. His is, he's going to supply your needs according to him. Thank God, because he doesn't change, right? Man, because you don't want to base that stuff on me. You want to you base it on him, the rock, okay? And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. That's Philippians chapter 4. Listen, God is faithful. God is faithful. And this Christmas, God is inviting you to trust him again. Maybe your faith is broken. He's inviting you to trust him again based on his faithfulness. See his faithfulness. Know this, that he keeps his word. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord, Psalm 27. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you or any of his children. Hebrews chapter 13. God is faithful. This Christmas, not only is God inviting, all right, because of his faithfulness, people to see him for who he is, he's not only inviting people who, whose faith is broken to, to trust in him again, he's also inviting us to help others see he is faithful, that they might trust in him, maybe even for the first time. Okay, listen, there's a couple super easy ways to do this. One of the ways is what Pastor Guy's been talking about. It's my gift for Jesus. It's $25 a month. This is not a commercial. I know it sounds like it, but $25 a month, okay? Most of us, we can do that, okay? If we choose to do that, God is gonna bless it, all right? He is going to bless the children that are receiving the education and the food because of it, all right? He's gonna bless them in in this this time right now with, with those things, but also it's gonna change the dynamics of their family. It's gonna change, it's gonna break that cycle of poverty and not only help them now, but also help them for eternity because they're not only receiving food and clothing and, and, and shelter and, and, and education and, and all that good stuff, they're also receiving the good news of Jesus Christ. All right? God is reaching us one really, really practical way we can help others to see that God is faithful and trust in him. Another easy way is this. Just invite people to service. Christmas at Fox River, invite them in, in person. You can invite them online, okay? Some really easy ways to do that. There's some cards. If you're a physical campus, they're located at all the exits. Where is that? I got one up here. Yeah, they look like this. Just grab some and you can just hand it to somebody and say, hey man, would you come to, or, or woman, hey woman, I don't know, is that right? Okay. Hey, 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 come to, come to Christmas service with me. I really enjoy it. Would you, would you come with, with me and or my family? Okay, just give them a card. All right, another way you can do that is through the Fox River app. If you open up the Fox River app, the first thing you're gonna see is Christmas with Fox River. It's a graphic that literally looks like this, okay? And, and right below it, there's a tiny little share button. Just hit that share button. And then you can invite them digitally to service, okay? Now, God wants us to see that he's faithful so we can come back to him and trust him again. God wants others to see that he is faithful so that they can trust him. And God also wants us to see that he's faithful so that we can trust him for the first time.
believe, trust in the Lord, call upon him and you will be saved. It doesn't matter how good or how bad of a person you are. It doesn't matter the things that you've said. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you last praised or last prayed. None of those things matter. Your sins don't matter. And I'm gonna qualify that. Hey, listen, the sin problem has been solved. Jesus paid for your sin. Sin is not the issue anymore. The issue is this. I mean, you wanna really get precise. The issue is this, do you believe? And are you willing to trust Jesus as Lord? If you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, if you believe that three days later he rose from the grave for your life, I invite you to pray with me and to receive Jesus today. Don't wait any longer. None of us are promised tomorrow. We know this is true. He loves you and he doesn't want you to perish apart from him. He wants you to live and he wants you to live a good life. Can we just be honest? Like, I'm not gonna shy away from it. He just wants, he wants a good life and good things for you. Now, yes, of course, like right now, but also for all of eternity. And the, and, the, and the good grace that he has for us, we can't access any of that apart from faith in Jesus Christ. So he's, he's calling you to him today. If you'd like to make this Christmas the first Christmas for you with Jesus, then let's pray together now. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, I believe in you. And I'm trusting in you, Lord. I'm trusting what you've done for me. I need you to save me, Lord, and I need you to make me new. Lord, I receive you now. If you just prayed to receive Jesus, would you let me know by lifting your hand right now? Online, would you indicate that online as well? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for the good work you're doing. Thank you, Father. Father, for all of us in our Fox River family, for all the believers here, Lord, God, we declare in our hearts and we declare also with our lips that great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that we can see it. Thank you, Lord, that through your faithfulness, we can see you. Thank you, Lord, for your first prophecy. Thank you, Lord, for the first Christmas when Jesus was born. You are faithful, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you lived, that you died. Three days later, you rose from the grave, defeating death, disarming the devil, making a way of grace for us to come near to you in the fullness of your presence, Lord, one day. God, we look forward to that. God, thank you that through your grace, we can be saved by faith. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God of of peace. Thank you, Lord, that you're coming back soon to completely crush Satan's skull and make all things right again. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.